Welcome everyone to the Artholics podcast on a Monday night after another massive Arsenal win. Um, I say another one, we haven't had that many massive wins, but it was just another win. Um, so can't wait to get into it because I wasn't at the game, but my two um, esteemed colleagues, Mize and Aaron, who are with me here, were both at the game. How's it going, boys? Good to good to be back talking football. Indeed. Good win. Good fun. Um, although massively chucked it down afterwards and we all got drenched, but it was worth it. It's good fun. This is glory rain, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think we were thinking that at the time when we were like, let's just find the nearest pub to avoid the rain. <laughs> but um, no, it was, uh, it was, oh, it was, it was so much fun. I had a really good time. And it must have been, um, especially given all the other results that happened, kind of during the weekend, right? Like, so I, you know, for for for, for our, our listeners' uh, benefit, so I was I was in Amsterdam on a stag do. The reason why that's relevant is. Um, Firstly, you can watch all of the like random 3 p.m. games because we're not in England. Um, and also like on this stag do, it was about 23 people, all who supported different teams. And so it was one day on the Saturday when Chelsea and Tottenham were playing at exactly the same time. We're all in the pub together, like watching both games on two separate screens. And I mean, it, it firstly, I mean, obviously it was it was fun because obviously Chelsea lost and that was like enjoyable for everyone who wasn't a Chelsea fan. Um, but basically everyone doesn't like Tottenham. Like no one there liked Tottenham. There's <laughs> one Tottenham fan and he wasn't actually at the pub. And that was excruciating, right? Like that game to watch was excruciating. But, you know, at the end of the day, Liverpool managed to also lose at the end of the day. So, you know, coming into it, I was on a flight on Sunday. So, you know, missed I was on a flight on Sunday whilst Arsenal were playing. So not only did I you know, not get to go to the game, it was one of those kind of get, getting off the plane and checking the score. And and my word, I mean, you guys must have just had a great time. I mean, 5-0. I mean, my is like, uh, was it one of the most fun days at the Emirates this, this season? Uh, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Um, we've had quite a few, I guess, right? We've won every game in the league. So um, we've been pretty lucky. And um, in terms of our um trips to the emirates they've all been really good and obviously we've had a couple of big wins but yeah definitely up there obviously i think we were all going into the game or majority of arsenal fans i think me and aaron and definitely were going in expecting a performance i was still i didn't think we'd actually score as many goals as we did i didn't think it'd be as comfortable um as it was but um yeah no like like yeah obviously amazing to kind of i think that i think that that performance and a result like that has been coming um, I know that we haven't been playing as well in the last couple of games, leading Southampton and PSV, but um, even so, I feel like we've been dominating a lot of games. We've been having periods in games where we've been, you know, creating chances and maybe just not taking them, not being clinical enough. And Sunday was was a result and a performance, like I say, that I feel like it's been coming for a while. So yeah, I mean, obviously, look, extremely happy, um, but also kind of what we what we needed, we did what we needed to do as well. You know, anything less than a, a convincing win, anything less than a win would have been bad, really bad. And I think everyone turned up expecting a, a good performance as well. And, and obviously we got that. Yeah. Cause there was, um, sorry, quickly, I thought it was going to be a, a very tight game. I think you did my, I think you Raj, to your credit, you predicted a four or five now, I think on the last, last set. So well done, well done you. Um, like you said, Mize, I think there was this, theme where over the last couple of especially the last two league games Southampton and Leeds away where we didn't really play that well and we were pretty lucky to come away with a point again a win against Leeds Southampton you know, depending on how you read the game uh a few things could have happened but they scored with any chance we got we got a draw but we didn't play very well in the second half and I think if we had played okay yeah like you said anything but a win would have been a disaster but even a, a poor performance again and then people would have been like, is this, this is a blip. Like we've dropped our level. Things are getting worse. But so to come away with a 5-0 where against a team who are showing a bit of an uptick in form, I think sends a message and just allows us to reset a bit ahead of this little running coming in. Because does that, do you know, the, the kind of anxiety, the slight anxiety that came, um, you know, as a result of the fact that we drew against Southampton and and, and lost to um lost to PSV. Did you feel that in the stadium guys? I mean, we're, we're like, you know, at kickoff around the start. I mean, I, I suppose we scored very early, but before we scored, was there, was there anxiety? Did you, did you find in the, in the fan base? I didn't, I didn't pick up. No, on it, no, no I not didn't. really. I felt, it felt like another home game, to be honest. Like I said, I think, I think people turned up expecting 
us to do what we did. Um, and, you know, we were saying after we drew to Southampton, I know we didn't record after PSV, but after the kind of disappointing result against Southampton, you're looking at the next fixture in the league and you're kind of like, if you're going to pick a fixture, this is the one you want. So I think going into the game and in terms of um, kind of fan mood in the concourse, um, in the stands uh, at the start of the match, it was it was just as positive as it's been for for any other game. And the atmosphere was, was rocking again. So no, I, I didn't pick up on anything, to be honest. And um, again, like I've, all I've seen of the game are, are the goals. And I'd love to talk about Gabby's first goal. Well, his his only goal in in, in a in a second. Leading up to that goal, um, did were Arsenal doing what we normally do, Aaron? And were we did we start really well? Was it was it kind of did it feel like a goal was coming? Yeah, I mean, I think that was probably it must have been our first chance of the game. That yeah, um, it's five minutes. I think. Yeah, so it was very early. Um, we got set pretty quickly. We we always start well, right? I think this season we've been a very quick starting team um and no i think it was just a combination of that you know all those players saka played really well when he was you know in those first 15 20 minutes got a few kicks actually after the goal and maybe we'll talk about that in a bit but generally i thought it was a great ball in martinelli made a really good run across the box and yeah just really surprised to see him finish that way because i don't think he scores a lot of headers and um it was it was good it was, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not the most scientific. It was at the other end. Yeah, did it was we, good. Did we, did we attack? It was at the other end, yeah. So it was at the clock end. We're attacking the clock end as usual. Um, and then, yeah, from then on, I think it was just a, they, for the, for the entirety of the game, they struggled with our movement, right? And teams do with that, that front, front three, front four, part, I mean, Odegaard, Saka, Gabriel Jesus and Martinelli with Partey behind and Jacka a little bit wider. Um, that works really well. And I think all game they struggled with that combination of players or, you know, when Saka went off, Nelson came on and he did pretty well, as I thought, as well. But it just goes to show that, that you know, we, we talk a lot about Jesus and him not scoring and him not doing enough. But I think generally he has... I think quite clearly made everyone better. And actually we, we don't have a reliance on a central striker for goals at the moment anyway. And if we can keep Martinelli and Saka and everyone else just chipping in with goals regularly, the need for a 25 goal a season striker is diminished. So it's just really good to see these young players chip in with goals regularly. Yeah, it was, um, I've watched that goal back plenty of times. I've watched it over and over. It's actually one of my favourite Arsenal goals of up for a long time, and I, I, I'll explain why. Like it just so there's lots of goals that we score um, that we've scored this season, and and I love the variety of the types of goals that we've scored, and some of those are are, are you know are, are good goals. This goal for me was so elite in 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 every way. It was a goal which I feel, I think it doesn't matter who we were playing against. It doesn't matter that it was Nottingham Forest. You, that we would have scored in that situation because if you notice all these little details when Martinelli has knocked the ball back out like he's played that kind of crossfield pass to to Saka he's made this diagonal run which and it's basically in between it, during this run he's basically gone in between six different Nottingham Forest players there's no one at this point there's no Nottingham Forest player at this point who probably thinks they need to go get him or that it's their responsibility because they'd just be dragged completely out of position and they're also probably watching the ball. And Saka's pass is a pass into space. It's it's basically a pass where he's gone, I know he's going to get there and we've rehearsed this and we get this and we're on the same page. And he's just pinged again, like a, a you know, like a, a, a head height diagonal ball where, where all, all those six play, all those various defenders are going that, that's not really mine. And I don't think they've even really sensed where the danger is. And all of a sudden you've got Martinelli who's like just running across and it's a, it's like Suarez, Aguero type of goal. It's just, it's just a sprint and he's just hit it. He's met it so well. Like a defender's got no chance. Who's going to pick him up? That's no one's, that's basically no one's responsibility. So like, I mean, I was, you know, when you scored that, honestly, when I saw that, I mean, I was thinking about you, Aaron, because I was thinking about what, you know, how you were saying this was going to be Martinelli's breakthrough season and stuff. Um, but I, I loved it. I mean, my, like, just, you know, 
the the quality that guy is showing this season it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, he's taken it to another another level. If you think about the players in our team that's taken it to another level, there are a couple. He's definitely one, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, what, I think you summed the goal up perfectly, described it perfectly. And I, I, it's, it's kind of mad to think with, with Martinelli, kind of obviously he's come out of nowhere a couple of seasons ago when we signed him. He was a complete unknown. And the the... The progression, basically, like the the trajectory he's been on, um, and how quickly he's not just adapted to the Premier League, not just adapted to a new country. All of those things that, you know, a lot of the time when signings don't work out for whatever reason, especially when they're young players from you know faraway places, um, South America, wherever, um, you know, it's very quick to say, yeah, he didn't he didn't enjoy the culture, didn't enjoy the country, didn't work out, whatever, but. Everything seems so it's almost like he's joined Arsenal with this kind of intent to just say, you know, I'm going to be the man. And yeah, like I say, his development um, on that left hand side has been immense. I mean, look, I know Smith Rowe has been injured, but if you think back sort of when Smith Rowe came in, when we were at our lowest point in that Chelsea game, and I know he came in as a number 10. I'm talking back, this is not last season, season before when we were losing every game, basically. He came in and that was our turning point that season. And Smith Rowe was really pushing for a place on that left-hand side. And I guess his injuries have cost him, but there's absolutely no way that Smith Rowe gets in ahead of Martinelli. No one gets in ahead of Martinelli on that left-hand side. Um, and yeah, I think that's just testament to how well he's done. And we, you know, we we've been saying it I've been saying it um, definitely for the first, you know, the first part of this season, Saka and Martinelli were doing all the right things, but they hadn't really exploded yet in terms of um, goals and assists. And they're now doing that. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's like I said, the, the reason I say it's just mental is to think, you know, the eight, how young he is. It is a bit scary to think how good he could potentially be and what he could yeah, where, where he could go in terms of his career. And, you know, I mean, look, it's a whole separate conversation what, where where he ends up. But, you know, for now he's with us and he could turn out to be like just a, an immense player pretty much on, on that left-hand side. Um, yeah. And is that where you see him, Mize, in the future? Do you, do you see, because there's a lot of people talking about how he eventually will be a centre-forward. And he's, you know, really he's a striker and he's sort of learning his trade like Thierry Henry sort of did like on at wide, but eventually he'll be a, a striker. But do you think in the modern game, maybe where we are and how, the way systems work for him, his future is as a wide player? I think in this system, I think the way Arteta wants us to play, I think he's just so dangerous down that left-hand side. Every time he gets the ball... He wants to run at the fullback. He wants to take the play. You know, he wants to take him on. He's got the he's got the ability to cut inside. He, as we saw with the goal, he has now this knack for getting into the box. He, he's just he's just seems to be so effective and dangerous down that left hand side. So for now, I can't really see any reason to for for for, for that position or his position to change. Um, who knows? You know, like longer term potentially. Obviously, he seems to have all the attributes. His finishing is really improving as well. So. He, you know, he's, he's obviously got the attributes, but just because he's so direct, he must be a nightmare for any fullback to, to have to deal with. Um, and, you know, and yeah, and I think you can really, he can really exploit his strongest attributes down, you know, down a flank, down the left-hand side uh, at the moment, I feel. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe a striker in the future, but I can't see that happening anytime soon. Aaron, do you think this is why Tommy Yasu's, seen more game time as a left back do you think Arteta is basically saying look Martin is basically exploding at the moment he, he, if he's the more we can just keep him in the final third doing whatever the hell he wants to do it's just an absolute nightmare to defend against maybe I take away a bit of his defensive duties and just instill a more defensive left back is do, do you think that could be a factor yeah I think it's super interesting the Tierney like subplot of this season where at the start, we were like, is he first choice? Is he second choice? Now we're like, is Tierney third choice after Zinchenko if um, if and when he's fit? I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's about fit for the system, fit for 
how everything comes together, the opposition, the the way other players are in the system, like you say, Raj, with Martinelli. I think when you bring Tierney on, he gets into spaces that mean that we get less out of Martinelli. Tomiyasu is a bit more similar to Zinchenko, although I think they're sometimes quite different players. And I think whilst Tierney adds a lot, and I'm a huge fan of Kieran Tierney, I love him, I think in this system you you lose a lot. I think probably you, you I think you can probably play like Smith Rowe and Tierney together. And then if you don't play that, you end up instead doing Tomiyasu or Zinchenko and Martinelli. And like you say, when Martinelli's flying, that whole front three, front four just works and clicks and intertwines so nicely with each other. The last thing you want to do is mess with that by changing your choice of fullback to destabilize Martinelli. So yeah, I think Tomiyasu is now the the understudy to Zinchenko. I think when Zinchenko comes back in, he'll probably do more and help us get that extra 1% out of everyone on the team. Yeah, but I, I, I do feel for Tierney. It's a bit unfortunate for him. Mm, great. I mean, just, just switching back to the wingers topic again, you know, Chan in the comments saying, I personally think that Martinelli has a higher ceiling reach than Saka. I mean, it, it's going to be something that I think a lot of people are going to debate this season. We should mention that the ball for the goal was an incredible ball as well. I mean that that that's two players just in sync, and that that's that Saka going. I'm going to put a pinpoint ball into this space, and he's going to get there. I mean it was phenomenal. My before Saka went off injured, um, you know, was he? Did, did you feel that he was he was playing very well? And 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 what actually happened? Again, I did not watch the game. What actually happened um, with the injury? Was it was it a bad challenge or what was it? So I think in the first or second minute, literally. Yeah, pretty much straight from kickoff. First couple of minutes, he gets taken out. Um, I think he gets a tackle from behind and he's down. And I don't know if that's what sort of initially caused the injury. And I think Aaron can probably remind me, but I think there was like 20, 25 minutes in maybe. There was another... I think I don't actually think the second one was actually a bad tackle. I think he he cuts inside on the edge of the box. And I think he's sort of about to take a shot, about to make a pass, and he just gets caught and his ankle kind of goes underneath him. Some, something like that. I can't actually remember, to be fair. I think um, it, well, you're right. I think it was the first one that did more. Like there were a couple of times where it looked like he got kicked, or I mean, from where we sit, it's hard to tell because it happened on the opposite side to where we're sitting, but it something there's a couple of things that happened in the first half like soft like nothing major but he got kicked and got probably hit quite hard a few times and you know it's hard to tell because he was only on the pitch for 15 minutes but there seems to be a bit of a trend where the opposition just take lumps out of Saka and hope it works maybe it's an accumulation of the last four or five games where he just keeps getting knocks but yeah, I think you're right, Mike. I think it was something yeah. early on. I mean, he, he's obviously that kind of player, right? A tricky player and similar to Martinelli, you know, he's taking players on and uh, if a defender could get away with taking him out rather than having to actually deal with him properly um, and give away a free kick, they probably will. Um, more often than not until they get a booking. So I kind of, yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of expecting him to get kicked quite a bit. And I think he stands up to it pretty well, to be fair to him. Mm. Um, and he just gets up and gets on with it. But yeah, like on that point, there is an element of he's not really getting the protection from the refs that he probably should. Um, maybe that's a slightly biased view, but I think he's not really that far away considering how many games he plays as well. And he's pretty much a mainstay in the team. He is a mainstay in the team. Um and, and the number of minutes he plays, I just feel like, you know, it, it's that worry with him because, okay, fine, this injury might not be too bad and hopefully it's not and hopefully he's back uh, for Sunday. But at the same time, you just you just feel like he's not, that it's not going to take much before he has a quite a bad injury or he just, you know, it's 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 something quite a lot more serious, um, which is a bit of a worry. And so you just, you would like to see a little bit more protection from the refs, but um Yeah. It's interesting. I saw on Twitter someone say that Saka's actually quite good. They've noticed him being quite good at at almost taking himself off. So when he feels like there is something, there's like a little niggle that probably, if he tries to play through, he's probably going to get worse. He's been quite good at taking himself off. And I think there's been a number of occasions where, you know, seemingly Saka's gone off injured, sort of signaled and gone off injured and actually you know, has managed to be back playing within a week, within two weeks, etc. Um, so, so maybe, hopefully, you know, this is just him knowing his body really, really well and being and being really cautious. Um, I guess in our situation, we know that in the summer we were keen on Rafinha, so we know that there's appetite 
for Arsenal to go in and, and, and buy a wide player. We also know that we got rid of Pepe. So, um, you know, we, we've always kind of had this slight bit of anxiety around um, our, our, our wide players and the depth that we have. It doesn't help that Smith Rowe got injured. And with the right side in uh, um, in particular, like, you know, injuries or no injuries. I mean, with the left side, as I said, with Smith Rowe, if he wasn't injured, that that's some, that's some depth. But it has seemed on paper that the right side is where there's a concern, right? And Reese Nelson, I mean, he's not played in the Premier League at all this season. Um, I think, I, I want to say Marquinhos is, you, you know, had slightly more minutes than him, maybe. And even if you, if you add up the Europa minutes, um, we saw Vieira play in the Europa League on the right-hand side, I think, against PSV. So Reese Nelson coming on that early was probably a surprise to everyone, including himself. Um, Aaron, just talk, talk me through uh, Reese Nelson and his and his performance because fine we've gone in one nil at half time, um, so we can we can kind of skip most of that. Uh, but you know, post half time, Reese Nelson or just his, you know what? Forget what I've just said. Just just talk to me about his his performance overall, even leading up to those goals. Yeah, so I think when I when he came on, I joked with you, Miles. I said he's going to get a hat trick, <laughs> and we, we were like, "This is." We were like, well, "What is going on?" Because we could see him warming up and coming off, and I think I was like, "I think that's Reese Nelson coming on," and everyone was like, "What?" Um, and like, so these were his first Premier League minutes of the season. Despite this, I did hear that there were two people in fantasy Premier League that captained him. I reckon they're um, bots, by the way. I've, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, and actually, after the at half time, we went at half half time one nil up. It wasn't, you know, after we scored that first goal and the period between then and the first half, we didn't look great. Um, it wasn't a disaster, but there were a couple of like defensive mishaps in the you know after the fortieth minute where we looked like we just you know lost concentration and the players had a bit of a like a brain fart moment. But yeah, at half time there was a little bit of concern, which is like, is this going to be another one nil where we just struggle to hold a lead? And when Nelson came on, you could tell that it sounds stupid. You could tell that he's not Saka, right? He, he wasn't actively taking players on. He wasn't running at them. He was very cautious with the ball. He got the ball out wide. He'd just square it back and play the easy pass back to Odegaard or go back to Xhaka. Um, The players around him weren't sure should I make a run to support? Should I attack? Should I leave him? Is he going to go back? And he he looked, I don't say nervous, but he looked very, he was playing it very, very safe and he looked afraid to take risks. Um, and then I don't know what Arteta said to him in the second half because um came out and then, especially after he got the goal, um, he looked like a completely different player. Like you could see the confidence. You could see him running with it. He was taking players on. And actually, you know, even the, even the first goal, you know, he had the confidence to take his man on, beat his man. And yeah, he didn't get the shot right first time, but he was there in and around the box to finish it. And, um, look, I, I mean, I don't know. Nelson is just a weird player, right? We all thought he would be the one, right? When he was coming through, we always thought he was the sacker. Um, to come in and really transform our attack. And it hasn't worked out for him for various reasons. Um, I'm still not sure, if I'm being honest, if he's any good. Um, but fair play to him. If he wants to stay, wants to challenge for his place, this is the way to do it. You get your chance and you take it. You see, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it felt to me that almost during his first goal, you almost saw a switch go in between the first attempt at goal and the second, because it felt to me that when he took his first shot, it was very much a, okay, let me just hit the target, right? It was like kind of a, I'm in a goal scoring position. I'm just going to shoot. And he just kind of, you know, maybe a player with more confidence places it better, but it's really funny because it comes back to him and the finish was amazing. Like yeah. the more you look at it, the better it looks. He basically just gives everyone the eyes and basically just smashes it right in the top corner, right? It's like, you only do that if you're pretty confident. Like that could easily, if you, that could easily just go flying, right? I think it's like, one of those where he, there's only one way to score. And that is you pick a, a pick a play, like pick your place in the goal and you smash it, right? You don't have to think that I think in the first half, when you're nervous, you're overthinking it. Am I, should I go, should I take the man on? Should I play it back? The safe option. I don't want to mess it up. You're very unconfident. You're not really sure what to do. And 
I think that was probably why he you know, maybe didn't get the shot right because he was just overthinking it. And then that second chance is that all I've got to do now is just hit it. It's very simple. And if I have the technique, which he does, then he'll score. And, um, and, it, and it worked out. So you could definitely see the nerves. Like that was very, very obvious when he came on. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw, but there's, it was going around on Twitter again. It was like um, a, a shot of, of that goal. And it was sort of the camera angle shows Martinelli and Xhaka, like just kind of completely ecstatic. I mean, look, it might be just because we scored a second goal, but it, you'd like to think it's partly because they're probably, they've been working with this guy and they, pro- they probably know that, you know, he's, he's an Arsenal boy and he's, he's gone on loan and, he, and he's here and he's fighting and, and he seems like a good character and that everyone probably wants good things for him. And my, you know, after that goal, uh, I mean, to score another goal so quickly and then get an assist. I mean, he's he's equaled Sancho's numbers for the season in the Premier League. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Two goals and an assist. Uh, Sancho's had ten games, and done, and and this guy hasn't had a start, and he's just done it in one game. It's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? And like, so, I mean, what, so what did you take of the rest of his performance, Mike? After he scored that goal. Did you did did you was there a feeling from from you that you're like well okay do you know what actually maybe Saka has got quite good backup here? Yeah, I, this is the interesting thing, right? And I, and I'm kind of with Aaron in where I'm still not sure about Nelson. It's not like uh, you can take a uh, I can't really call it a cameo performance, but I'm going to call it that. It is a, a cameo bit though, performance isn't it? It's a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And say you know right, we we we're kind of sorted on that side um, with Vieira and Marquinhos and him kind of da- or, or in in those attacking wide attacking positions. I think in terms of his performance for the, for the rest of the game, you know, like, like you say, you know, he he kind of he just seems to seem to flourish after scoring that first goal. It almost it almost it was almost like the ball hit the back of the net. Um, there was this kind of his celebration wasn't even that kind of crazy, if you know what I mean. It was more of a like, I don't know. I, I felt like there was an element of relief from him. Like, you know, he's been at the club for such a long time. He's had injuries. He's been sent out on loan and come back and played under different managers. And it's just never really worked. And there was almost a moment. It just felt like there was just a moment of not so much that he's arrived or anything like that, because it's obviously way too early to say that, but um I don't know. It just it it just felt like yeah. From that from that moment on, he he kind of um, shackles were unleashed a little bit. Where yeah, as Aaron has said, he he came on and he wasn't all that confident. Um, and as soon as he's got that goal, he he seemed to be able to play his game. And his game is obviously quite similar to Saka's, right? He's he's one of these um, you know these these players that like to try things like to take defenders on um they put that you know he's, he's obviously got an attacking mindset and and he it just felt like he was more comfortable trying to do what he would normally do um which was obviously amazing to see and i think it, what the the, the it, it, it's a it's a pretty mental thing to think that you know that's the call that arteta went with that's the play that arteta went with because like aaron and said right we were all sitting there shitting ourselves that sack is now injured thinking oh god we've got two, three, four more games until the World Cup. We just need to get through until the World Cup. No one, no Arsenal fan is really that bothered if he misses the World Cup, right? I know he would be, obviously, and we all want him to have a good World Cup, if, assuming he goes, but you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing from an Arsenal perspective if he misses the World Cup. But we're all kind of sitting there looking at Saka on the floor and then we're thinking, okay, it's probably going to be Vieira because he's been sort of the main guy that's, get, or he's been the guy that's been getting most minutes in place of Erdegaard and, uh, you know, I think he played on that right-hand side against PSV. Marquinhos has had a few, uh, like you said, Raj, you know, he's had, a, he's had more minutes and to see Nelson was, was kind of crazy. And, and I think that's, you know, again, it's another call. It's another decision, should I say, that we need to give Arteta credit for because, okay, it's paid off and, you know, he got his couple of goals and he got that assist and, he, and, and, and the, the second goal was obviously crucial um, because at that point, you know, who knows where we go with a one nil, what happens with the game. But um, I'll test it, you know, there was no expectation that he was going to bring him on. So, um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, praise should go towards Arteta or should go in Arteta's direction for that. And, you know, for me, I just hope that he now, he now becomes a player that we can rely on because last week when we played Southampton, you know, we were kind of moaning about, the, the the impact from the subs or the lack of impact from the subs, you know, Enketia, Vieira, all had both had pretty bad games when they came on. So if we now have an additional player in the squad that we can call upon, because we are lacking in those attacking areas, when we need a goal, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to go, then 
you know, fantastic. It's what we need, right? Um, so yeah, let's see what happens with him. But you know, it's it's promising. But I think uh, it's probably you know, it's obviously it's too early to say that you know he's now he's now Saka's uh, backup, as it were. I, I, I'm still not sure that's necessarily the case. But let's see how he does when he gets some more minutes. Yeah, just quickly, like we've seen this. But we've seen we've seen a lot of these false dawns, especially last season with Pepe. And I just I did think about this. Where I was like, we see Pepe come on, and he has a really good twenty five minutes or even a half, where we think, all right, this is it. Like, just kick on, and just show everyone that you can be, you can challenge for the first team, right? And I'm not saying Nelson's probably a little bit further away in terms of raw ability with compared to Pepe, but he. <laughs> You know, he's more than capable of challenging if he really want. Like if he, if he puts a shift in, and he will get games and he will get minutes in in this team. And he, with the Europa League, with the cups, with just the fact that the only alternative there is no direct alternative, like you said, to him in that position at least until January. Um, so we we need these players to start taking their chances and just actually challenge because there's, like we said, there's a big big drop off in terms of goals assists and just consistency with anyone outside the first 11 at the moment yeah agreed it's it's interesting your contrast with pepe you know i, I would almost say that reese nelson it seems like his whole kind of arsenal career so far has been someone who you know the bit it wasn't the ability that was lacking for whatever reason his ability to apply it in games and do it consistently um, yeah. has been a challenge because that's been a challenge seemingly when he's been abroad as well. I remember at Hoffenheim, um, I believe it was Hoffenheim that he was at, right? Where he, he, um, it was Hoffenheim, right? I've got, have I got that right? I think so. It was Hoffenheim yeah. then Feyenoord, right? We're making that up. Yeah. Feyenoord yeah. So I was thinking about in Germany. Yeah. yeah. So, cause I remember, you know, when he was there and immediately, I think it was his first, he came off the bench and he scored and I think he scored the next game and it was like, right. And it was just it was just that consistency that he wasn't you know not able to do at the top level you need that he's very lucky he's got Arteta who's a you know a very good coach for wingers in particular we saw that at City so he's got everything in place to to do well I mean like you say um let's hope it's not a false dawn but moving on from you know players who are who are new in creating impact. I mean, someone who's created impact throughout the season has been Thomas Partey. And look, just watching the highlights, um, it just looked like he was at the heart of everything and absolutely dominating the game. I know it's Nottingham Forest, and this is the team at the top of the table playing at home to the team at the bottom of the table. So you expect their, I suppose, star uh, defensive midfielder to, to, to have a decent game. But bloody hell, it looked like he was everywhere. I mean, Mize, um talk to me about his performance. Obviously, his goal was, <laughs> you know, lightning yeah, does come cool. twice, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly what we said. It was a carbon copy of of the Spurs goal. Um, look, yeah, I mean, in terms of his performance, it's. Ba- I mean, yeah, take take the kind take the opposition or the level of the opposition out of it. I mean, it's still still Premier League level, I guess. But you know, take take the fact that it was Forest out of it. That is. That is kind of, that's basically why we signed him. You know, that is the type of performance that you want from your 50 million pound, 29, 30 year old, you know, um, central midfielder. And I think, you know, to be fair, there were were a lot of the good things that he did. I felt like he was allowed to do. So he was picking up the ball really deep and he was allowed to drive forward with the ball. He was allowed to spray passes, um, which he did quite a bit. And against a better team, he'd probably be a little bit more restricted, i.e. a team that's probably, that's going to press us up, press us a bit higher. And Forrest didn't do that at all. Um, but like I said, despite that, the quality he had, the quality he showed on the ball um, was, was fantastic. And yeah, exactly that. He was, he was the heartbeat for everything. You know, he was picking the ball up deep and it seemed like every decision he was making was the right one. And the execution of those decisions, like I say, picking passes out, pinging balls kind of over the top of the back four um, or just driving forward with the ball, which we saw for one of the goals. I can't remember which one. There was one where he drove forward and then just played a really good through ball to Xhaka and Xhaka was in acres of space. It wasn't the hardest ball, but, you know, he got it right. Um, it was fantastic. And it was just like, it was it was pretty much, um, it just summed up the day really where Arsenal were very, very dominant and Thomas Partey was very, very dominant in centre midfield. And I'm, you know, I, 
again, again, against a team like Forest, he was able to show those qualities. Um, and it, it works in terms of him being that sole central midfielder. It works. We're going to have to see how he does against other teams or how, how that setup works against other teams. Because I think there might be situations where he, he might be a little bit exposed, but yeah, on Sunday he was just, he was just immense. He was, he was, he was like 10 out of 10 pretty much. I can't really think of anything that he did that um, I wasn't happy with. And, and in terms of the goal, yeah, like he's obviously got that in his locker, not saying that because he's done it <laughs> twice this season, but he's been trying to do that for the last couple of seasons with us. Um, and um, yeah, it, 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 it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, a, it's, it's weird because I feel like that kind of goal, that goal and the Spurs goal, it, I don't feel like people are giving him that much credit for such a good goal. You know, like if that's yeah. a De Bruyne, if De Bruyne scores that, I think a lot of people stand up and, and applaud kind of thing and, and really kind of uh, give him props. So no fair play to him Two two great goals this season. Um, and, and that's what we need. And yeah, a really dominant performance overall. His fitness is very, 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 very important, isn't it, Aaron? And, um, so important. We've we've talked about it in previous episodes, and I know we've had news that El Nenny is back in training. I think, but there's there's just no one in our squad that can replicate what he gives us. No, even then, I don't think there's anyone in the Premier League that can do what he does um, currently, which is yeah, basically exactly what Mai said. Like, just basically at times run the midfield by himself. Like defensively, he was making blocks, he was making tackles, he was picking up the ball from from the defenders, and then just playing sometimes silly passes to the players in front of him. And the thing I like about this team is that all the players complement each other so well. It's such a finely tuned system where you have those defenders, the likes of Ben White, who I thought was also very good yesterday, um, Tommy Asu, Saliba, Gabriel, who can also all find him and get get him the ball quickly then he can just get the ball forward. And then in front of Partey, you've got Odegaard, Xhaka, and then that front three we've all kind of been raving about. And all of them can hurt you in their own in their own way. And um, all you need behind that those five players is someone who can just say, I will get the ball to you as quickly as possible in the most dangerous way possible. And he, he does it every time. And yeah, he is so, so important because I don't... I don't know how you sign a backup to Thomas Partey because his skill set is so unique. There are very few players that, like we, I know we talked about Douglas Louise, but Doug, Douglas Louise is not doing that. Um, yeah. And um, I don't know, I don't know who can. Um, I'd probably say the most comparable player is probably someone like Declan Rice, and he's yeah, he's what hundred million, whatever he is, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. Bruno Guimaraes at Newcastle plays a similar-ish role, but he's not the same player. Probably plays a bit more attacking Guimaraes. So, um, yeah, the very, very few players. And, yeah, you're right. Declan Rice could do it, but, well, it's going to cost maybe $150 million or something. Is it as um, simple as for, for us, if, if part is not playing, it's Arteta just has to play a different system? Yeah. Or just accept that we're going to be a worse team and hope that everyone else can <laughs> make up for it. But, well, I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah, without him, we are a much, much poorer team. We've, we've, I mean, we've seen it in the Europa League, right? As soon as he doesn't start, the drop-off is massive. And like you say, Raj, I, th- I personally think we'd probably have to play a different system. I don't think you can rely on Elneny or Lukonga or Xhaka as a central, uh, as a sole, um, like, you know, defensive midfielder. And the problem is when you change the system, like I said, because everything is so finely tuned, the minute you move like a key piece of that midfield out, everyone else immediately looks worse as well. Yeah. So you know the, the 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 fifth goal is scored by Odegaard and it's um you know, lovely twinkle toes in the box and you know, nice assist by by Hayes. But the, at this point, it seemed to me, correct if I'm wrong, it seemed to me that Forrest really were really done. <laughs> they just yeah. almost wanted to go home at that point. But it is nice. It is nice for Odegaard to to get that goal. Five nil. It's brilliant. It's nice for the goal difference as well, isn't it? Um, these things end up mattering a lot. Um. Talk to me about what you guys think of the table at this point. You know, we 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 with a I think you know one of the last teams to play on the weekend. I know Man United played after us and and unfortunately managed to scrape a win against um, West Ham. Um, David de Gea made a couple of blinders, um, but you know, let's look at the league table now because a lot of other teams did drop points. Arsenal still top thirty one points. 
City, 29 points. So just two points in it. But then, like, you know, the gap starts getting bigger, you know, as you go down now. Like Tottenham, a third, played a game more than Arsenal, are five points behind. You know, Man United have played the same amount of games as Arsenal, are eight points behind. Again, Chelsea are 10 points behind. Liverpool, I mean, you know, it's a lot of points behind. Um, it's it's quite compelling, isn't it? Because we are, um, you know, we, we I think the stat is in, in October, we had nine games across all competitions. We won seven, drew one, lost one. The one game that we lost is an away game at PSV where we played a half of our team, you know. Mm. I mean, Myers, that's impressive, isn't it? Nine it games, is. It is. And everyone said leading into this or going into this period, this is the period where our, our thin squad will struggle, um, you know, the results will suffer as a as a result of that, um, and and you know, I think people expected us to drop off. And look, we've probably been pretty fortunate with injuries. You know, I, I think that's fair to say. You compare us to say, you know, you compare our situation to say Liverpool's, for example. Though, if you look at the team that Liverpool put out, losing to Leeds was still they still had sort of you know probably eight or nine of their first team as whatever. So um, we've maybe been a little bit fortunate, but you know, I'm sure there's there's going to be a period later on in the season where we're not as fortunate, but yeah, like we've done what we needed to do. And I think, yeah, probably the only disappointing, obviously the, the both the, the the two games that we didn't win were disappointing, but what, you know, what, there's no, there's no way we were going to win every premier league, but just looking yeah. at the premier league results, I mean, it's just unrealistic to expect us to, to win all of them. So yeah, seven wins, a draw and a defeat, I think is, is what you said. That's, that's, I mean, that's title winning form. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that's what's going to happen or anything, but that is title winning form. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you're asking me kind of like what that means for the rest of the season, just, but just, 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 <laughs> just, you know, I guess reflecting at this point, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to win when other teams aren't winning as well. And it's just that, that, that those gaps that are opening going to the injury point. I think we accept we probably will have injuries at some point. Right. Um, but the thing is, the thing that I sometimes get, frustrated about when people talk about oh they're gonna get found out with injuries 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 teams who do well always need luck with injuries yeah like i don't know when you can remember a time you have to go back to i remember the invincible season when um was it the invincible season where perez got injured um maybe that wasn't the invincible season but one of the seasons where perez got gets injured you know halfway through the season and and you know arsenal still go on to win the league um but generally speaking right teams that do well need luck with injuries no one reflects on arsenal last season and says, yeah, but they were really unlucky because they had like Partey got injured at this point, Tierney got injured at this point. You know, they, they no one talks about that in in the past, and rightfully so because these are all just small details. But in the same way, you know, I think you have to look past the fact that we've got fortunate with we've been fortunate with injuries. Liverpool have been fortunate with with injuries when when they've done well. Um, look, at it, I think credit where credit's due. We're playing well. We all accept we probably won't win the league, but you know what? Like in the in the attempts in the search for top four. I mean, this is this is good value, um, and we've probably you know, given ourselves a little bit of protection, haven't we? Thirty, yeah, thirty-one points already is. is I mean, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, very, very good. Basically, it's a lot, know, of, points. Um, it's a lot of points. <laughs> thirty-one points at this stage is is very, very impressive. So, yeah, absolutely. Goal scored thirty goals against eleven. Um, it's it, it, look, it looks it looks really good. That really did help with the goal difference because um, we now have the second best goal difference in the league, which um, which I you know I think is is, is really really good. Um, now look, we've got two two very different games coming up, but the Zurich game at home on Thursday, it's um, it's now kind of more important than it could have been at one point, right? Um, so we're playing Zurich. I think the situation is fairly clear. We win, we finish top. Um, we don't win. Um, we might still finish top, but we might not if um, if PSV go out and win. So we um, we really need to win um, if we want to finish first, basically, and, and the future in our hands. Now, on paper, Zurich are the worst team, I think you'd probably say, in our, in our group. So at home, we've just won 5-0. The feel-good factory is sort of back. You know, you, you, you would... If you're putting money on it, I think anyone would probably put money on Arsenal to win. But then we've probably got to factor in what Arteta is going to think about when he has the Chelsea game upcoming on the weekend and, you know, whether he needs to rest players or not. Aaron, what, what do you think? Do you think that Arteta is going to go into this game and confidently play a bit of a weaker team and feel like he's still going to get the win? I think you can, assuming that you you have enough on the bench just in case. 
I think actually like players like Reese Nelson having a good game mean that actually you can just play Reese Nelson again on Thursday and say, look, just go and do it again. And as always, there'll be a bit of balance because, you know, we don't have a complete second string 11 that we can roll out. There will always be some players that that need to play from the first team and he seems to rotate those. I hope Saka doesn't play because even if he is fit, just save him. And, you know, I can't remember who played last game, who started. I think maybe Xhaka started the last game. I can't remember. Um, so he, he will rotate a little bit, but, you know, Mice didn't like it when I said this yes before the game, but I said these two games, Forrest and Zurich, are probably the two easiest home games, two, two easiest games of the season on paper. Um, we're playing the bottom team at home when we're top of a Premier League, and we're playing the bottom team at home when we're top of our Europa League and they're bottom. Um, like... You know, we know we have the the propensity to to mess this up and make this difficult, but these two games are as easy as they come. So, yeah, if you're going to play your second string, this is when you do it. This is when you rotate, and this is when you should have the confidence to just say we should be better than them. And also, PSV are away at Bodo. We know how tough that game was. Maybe they might even drop points. And look, you know what. I know we want to finish first and we want to avoid those extra two games, but it's not like if the worst happens, it's not like we're out, right? We're through. Um, and there is that little bit of a safety net to say, look, just just play the second string. You have enough there to, bring it, to, to change it on the bench if need be. Worst case scenario, we're still through and we just have to navigate that extra tie. Although I would... To be clear, very much rather we didn't have to play that extra tie. Because with a thin squad, that extra tie against probably a half-decent team is yeah. going to be really annoying, isn't it? Yeah, so you, you think about that in terms of long term. You, you you go the extra mile now to avoid an extra two games. It's a huge, huge reason to try and win it. And But we should. like. There's no reason why we should not win on, on Thursday. Mice, do you think, is it? Because there's a part of me that was thinking that, well, if Nelson starts against Zurich, it might tell us quite a lot about Saka's fitness. Because if if Nelson does start, then maybe it might indicate that actually, um, you know, Saka is is going to be fine to start against um, uh, against Chelsea. But you know, maybe if if Arteta is worried about Saka's fitness, he may not start Nelson, start Marquinhos instead, um, or start Vieira instead, um, because you know the worst thing would be for Nelson to also pick up an injury in you know in this situation. But then at the same time, I was thinking when you and I had the had the the pleasure of going to see Arsenal away at Chelsea last season. We know that Arteta sort of changed up his tactics and did a few different things and I think sort of played three at the back, moved to four at the back, constantly moving stuff around. So maybe actually, you know, thinking that he'll just go with the same system is is wrong anyway. What do you think though, Mice? Do you think that given um, all things considered, if we looked at that Chelsea game, do you see Arteta going into that game and playing the, the team that, playing the kind of, I guess, system that has been doing so well this season? Or do you see him being a bit more pragmatic and and maybe going with something which looks like more protection uh, in the middle of the park and, and and kind of more pragmatic, should we say? I don't... I think that comparing where we were going into that Chelsea away game last season, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we just come off the back of... Have we just come off the back of those three... Defeats. I think we hadn't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, I'm obviously struggling to remember now. But yeah, obviously we were in a very, very different place um, back in March, April, whenever that was. Um, and I think we we went into that game not really expecting very much uh, from it. So yeah, the setup was a bit of a surprise or uh, something very different, as you say, Raj. And, and obviously we got the performance. I think I don't really see the need to go to Chelsea and try to essentially play a bit more defensive. I, like I said before, right, the Thomas Party thing, I, I do have a little bit of a worry in the back of my mind that there's going to be certain situations or certain scenarios in games that, you know, phases that play out where because Jack is now so pushed up so far up the field, maybe towards the end, end, end of certain games, for example, he's just going to be a little bit exposed um, and, and I can see him maybe being overrun. But aside from that, kind of scenario playing out. I think when you look at 
where Chelsea are at the moment and you kind of look at obviously their result the other day, um, it's quite clear that if you take the game to them, they are vulnerable, they can be got at and they will concede goals. And they're still like a bit of a weird, like I'm still really not sure what to make of Chelsea, to be honest. Um, obviously they're a quality team with quality players and I know they've just got a new manager, but it just seems like they're one of these random teams where they're still trying to work out, you know, what their best starting 11 is. They haven't got Reese James at the moment and he's obviously a massive loss and a big part of the way they play. They're reliant on Thiago Silva, um, who's like a aging defender for me and, you know, their big summer signing for Farner's not fit at the moment as well. So there's all these things, you know, a new manager, there's all these things that um, just make me kind of question how good Chelsea are. Um, and I'm sure they'll probably will still finish in the top four, but I think for a one-off game or basically Sunday, I don't really see any need for us to go more pragmatic. I think we need to be, we need to appreciate the fact that we're playing against a, a, a good team. But I think, you know, we've gone into the Spurs game, the Liverpool game this season, um, albeit both at home with the intent to go and win the game. Um and I think that's what we need to do on 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 Sunday. You know, I think that we absolutely just need to go and 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 uh, because I think this team team are capable of doing it. Right, we're on form, we're we're on song, we're top of the league. I think we should be the team that go there and um, just really try to essentially just try to try to try to play our game as we have been and and, and score goals. I don't really see the need to change anything up. The, I think the interesting thing will be. Um, I, I would assume that he goes with the... I, I think he'll just go with the same team that started against Forest. Even if Zinchenko's back, I think he'll still play Tomiyasu. Um, and I can't see... I mean, I can't see there being any other changes. I don't know if you guys can, but I, I think he'll go with that same settled team. And you agree, you're nodding in agreement, Aaron. Do you see that? Yeah. I basically agree with everything you said, mate. I think the one thing we don't realise is... And maybe we don't appreciate is that we're top of the league now and when we are turning up at a, another club they're they're worried about us right they're they're worried that we could make them look silly in their own on their own pitch it's not like this is the arsenal team of old where you know a big club are like yeah we can beat them because we know they're vulnerable they we know they've got a mistake in them we know they're gonna bottle it under pressure and we know they can be got at this is a team where they're like, we need to set ourselves up to make sure that they don't make us look silly because they've got players like Saka, players like Martinelli. You know, we talked about every player in this system who has a role that can hurt another team. Chelsea are going to be more worried about us than we're going to be worried about Chelsea. Um, now we know that, you know, on our, on, we know that we are deep down, probably a little bit vulnerable. We know we that we can sometimes concede goals and you know, some players have mistakes in them, but every team has that. You know, Chelsea have defenders that sometimes make mistakes too. Chelsea have an attack that they haven't really figured out yet and they're a bit confused about, right? Do they go with Aubameyang? Do they go with Havertz? Do they go with Sterling? They've tried everything. Um, and, you know, it's a good time to play them. I know they're going to have what will probably be a midweek off because I think they're already through and they've already won their group. Um, if not, they're, I think they've got very little to do against Zagreb. So they'll be fresh and that that's the risk of will we look a bit more tired than them come Sunday. But no, those Chelsea fans will be going to the game on Sunday thinking we have to be careful here because if this if Brighton can make us look silly... Um, then a team who's in form, playing well, in the top of the league can also make us look silly. And you also got the, you know, history does mean something. And then recently, Arsenal players are going to have memories of going and winning at Chelsea, right? It was last season yeah. we won there, the season before we won there. I think stuff like that does matter. Um, I, I also think at the same time, the, the fact that Chelsea do have a lot of pretty experienced players... Um, you know, that might counter in some ways and, you know, they may turn up for this big game. You know, people like Sterling, people like Ober is the sort of person who, you know, he, he kind of likes to have a chip on his shoulder sometimes. Um, and, you know, they, they, my concern would be that. My concern would be that their experienced players just kind of end up turning up and they they kind of form goes out the window and, and, and you, they do well. But you can probably say that about actually probably like four or five of the big six or seven, top seven, which is mm. when we play them, if their big players turn up and everything goes well, 
they can be, as we saw it with Man United, right? We saw it when everything goes right for them, they can play well. Like you could argue, when we play Forest, if everything goes right for them, we should still be winning, right? And that's the the danger, like you say. You know, Aubameyang on his day is capable of scoring two or three. So is Sterling. So is Mount. Um, and their defenders are all capable on their day, world-class or like potentially world-class. But for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to make it work, which I find super interesting. And it's interesting, is it? Because they've they've not out of the top six. I think the only two teams they've played are um, Man United and Spurs, and they, they they've drawn both games. Um, and I, I guess on one hand, they've drawn both games, and recollection in both those games, I think they were they were pretty decent. Um, but my is it. Is this a game where you think ultimately we're just playing them at a really good time and they're playing us at a time where they probably really wouldn't want to play us and mentally that's going to make a big difference? I, I don't know necessarily agree. I don't think I necessarily agree with that, to be honest. I mean, look, Chelsea-Arsenal is always just a massive game regardless of where both teams are in the league or whatever their current situations and positions are so I kind of look at it more as um they'll probably look at it as you know London Derby Arsenal is always a big game they're at home they're coming off the back of an awful result um yeah as Aaron and said I think they've they can basically just I think they could just rest everyone midweek um whereas we can't and I think they're just going to come into the game with a bit of a point to prove because they're coming off a bad result and just because of the fact that it's a big game and I, and they they need three points. They need three points because they're obviously in this, um, well, uh, as we probably are, you know, a, a Champions League or top four race. So I'm not necessarily sure I, I agree with with that. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I think they've like, like we, like you guys just touched on probably kind of repeating what you've just said, but despite, maybe a uh, you know a, a bad result at the weekend they've obviously still got some ridiculously good players and their squad is i know they've got quite a few injuries to be fair to them but they still have despite that a very very strong squad as well so i think they're going to come into this um i think they'll come into the game with an intent not so much an intent but i think they'll come into the game you know, like you have to You'd have even if if it was the other way around. Let's put it like this: if it was the other way around, and Arsenal were kind of coming off a bad result, but we had a home game against Chelsea, we would, as fans, be demanding Arsenal turn up to that game and almost try to put things right. And I, I think that's just how they're going to come come into it. And they've obviously got the quality to hurt us, right? They've still they've still got some very good players, like I say. And I think the over thing is a bit of a. It's not really being talked about yet because that because obviously Sunday's still a, a while away, but that that. Like it's, it just feels like there's like our ex players always come back to haunt us. Hmm. Um, and I can completely see, you know, I don't know if he's going to start or not, but, um, I can definitely see, um, <laughs> a bit of pain and, um, I couldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he scores against us or, or does some damage. So, yeah. He's got a decent chance of, of starting, hasn't he? Because Havertz has not really been at the races. Um, and I know that he scored, I think he scored the goal against Brighton, I want to say, but actually, um, also just you know was relatively ineffectual i know you know watching the game with with pressure my, my friend pressure is a chelsea fan he was just really really articulating how much he he feels that Havertz has been a bit of a letdown really um and um and and the need for them to kind of you know have a striker who's gonna he's not sorry, really a striker though is he i was just gonna yeah. say you know his position is a bit um unknown but yeah, that's why they bought avamyang though i thought you know they probably bought Vamiang because they thought they they needed a striker and experienced striker. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and they've got Brodier as well. I mean, so, so I mean, look, I, I I feel like I feel like Oba will start, um, but and 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 it will be interesting. The thing is, um, it's it's also there's another massive game on the weekend, right? Tottenham and Liverpool play each other. Um, it has the potential to be an incredibly good weekend for Arsenal as well. If Arsenal beat Chelsea, one of those teams, at least one of those teams, is going to be dropping points. Um, but it's also, well, you know, what I like about it, uh, the, you know, the situation that we've got ourselves into is that if we lose, it's it's not the end of the world at all, as long as it doesn't become a rut, right? You know, it's going away at Chelsea. I, I quite like, I feel, I get the impression that the way Arteta is approaching games is to say uh, a win is fundamentally better than a draw. I'd rather lose 
uh, and chase the win than play for the draw. Uh, and I, I feel he's reaping the benefits of that. We've seen the Man United game where he perhaps didn't, but I like the intent. You know, he didn't settle for a draw. He wanted to go out there and win. I imagine he's probably going to do the same thing, to be honest. So, you know, I agree with um, you, with you both saying that you think that he's going to set us up in the same way. I agree with that. I think he will do that. Um, the only thing, like... I can the, the only reason I can see him perhaps deviating from that is because he could think, well, this is what I did last season. I might as well just do the same thing again. And, you know, that worked. So it's a familiarity thing. Um, but it, it would be, you know, a win a win would be a, a massive deal. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to watching the game. Uh, what are your predictions, guys? Mize, do, do you think that we'll win? Uh, Chelsea. Um yeah, we'll do. Oh, sorry, sorry. Actually, let's do both. Let's just do a quick fire on both. Okay. So give me, give me Zurich and give me Chelsea. Zurich. Um, yeah, Zurich. I'm predicting a win. Uh, I'll go three nil. Should be. I hope it should be comfortable. Um, Chelsea. I really want to say I think we're going to win. Um, yeah, let's go for it. I, I, yeah, I, I think we we've got enough to go that go beat them. And I think there's 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 just no, there's no. There's no reason for the team to not have the belief that they can go and win. And I think that's that's just a big part of it. They clearly they clearly have these players clearly have the belief that they could just beat anyone now. And I think they'll go into the game with that mentality, that approach. And um, you know, hopefully Saka's fit. If he's not, that is a big loss. That is obviously a, obviously a massive massive loss. Um, and I'm kind of going on the assumption that he is fit, but um, you know, we've basically got zero injuries aside from him. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like almost one of the best times that we could go and play Chelsea. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a win. I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. Okay. Aaron, both those games? Yeah, I think Zurich will hopefully be fairly comfortable. I think maybe 3-1 win. Uh, Chelsea, I think I'll go for a draw. I think it'll be 1-1. I just think you know Chelsea haven't you know what did they draw to Brent Brentford, draw to Man United and then lost. I think they will probably play not to lose, and I would I wouldn't even, actually no I'll say a nil nil I think it might be nil nil, which is a bit annoying because I'm going on Sunday, so I hope it's not a nil nil. Wouldn't be the but, worst result. Yeah, but if you you'd rather like four four than a nil nil, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think we know how to play for a nil nil, and I, yeah. and I, I think that's fine. Like I think, I mean, I think was... Chelsea might just sit back and keep it tight and play not to lose, and just they won't score and we won't score. I don't think, but I don't think they've got. I don't think they can defend. If they do that, I think they're in trouble. I don't think they'll do that. They haven't been particularly defensively proficient this season. No, no, they haven't. They haven't been that attackingly proficient either. They're just. Uh, a team in, in transition that are still figuring their manager out and the manager still figuring the players out. Uh, yeah, I'll go nil-nil. I can't imagine Chelsea do, like sitting back at I home. I they'll sit back, but I think they'll keep it tight. Okay, okay. And okay. not take too many risks. Okay. I am... Um, so I, 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 I think we're going to win... I think we're going to beat Zurich quite quite comfortably um i think we'll just have too much for them we because we've got something riding on the game as well uh and we're at home i think we're just brilliant at home um so i think i think we'll win three or four nil i'm, I'm just, just to be different i'm gonna go with four nil um but i think we'll draw at chelsea i think it'll be a i think it'll be a two two i think chelsea will really will really be up for it i think they know i think they know that if they lose this it's it starts getting a little bit tricky, I think, for them. I know, like, there's plenty of time left in the season. There is plenty of time, and and you know, whoever, who, you know, whatever the case, Chelsea or Arsenal, if either of those teams lose, they'll still benefit from one of Tottenham or or, or Liverpool or both dropping points. They'll benefit from that. Um, but I feel like Chelsea tend to be quite good at just staying in the game, like having skin in the game, like with the top four race and all that kind of stuff. They've got a lot of experience. I, I, I think that, and like you guys have touched on, right. Like we still we, we do have a mistake in us for as much as you know as well as we play and we saw in the forest game you know there are a couple of a couple of let offs you know with that gabriel pass for example oh, God. Uh, i think we, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know but you know it's okay when you win five nil right you don't even really really care about it but um so i'm gonna go with two two i think it's gonna be a, a, a high scoring game um i think we'll play that we'll we'll have confidence because we'll have good memories 
but I think it's going to be 2-2, um, which I still think would, I think is a good result. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. Draw, draw wouldn't be bad at all. Brilliant. Um, guys, listen, thank you. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. We've talked about a lot and a, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. So look, really fun week ahead. It's a bit of a role, role reversal on Thursday, isn't it? Because I'm going to the Thursday game, but the U2 aren't. Um, so, um, hopefully I'll have things to say about that, but I don't think we're going to be recording a review of the game in particular. We'll be recording after the Chelsea game. So, um, maybe we won't really have that much to say about Zurich. So, uh, um, fair enough. Um, and Aaron and, you know, we'll be getting all the insight off you about how it was to be at the Chelsea game, win, lose or draw. Um, I am jealous. Like my is not a phenomenal time. time. Is it really? I've never been to Stamford Bridge before, so I'm looking forward to that one. It's a really interesting stadium. Like just really Mm. weird. I think we commented before as a real mind fuck because it's just, you're outside the stadium in a really bougie part of London. And it's just, it's, it's a really interesting cross section of, of people. Um, but yeah, look, uh, have fun, enjoy it, stay thank safe. Uh, Mize, thank you for joining, as always, mate. And um, everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Please like, share, subscribe. Thanks for all the people who have been watching this live. Um, do appreciate it. And um, yeah, thanks for the support and have a good week, Gunas. We are still top of the league. We're still top of pretty much everything. I think like one of our under whatever's our top of their league you know i mean if you're if you're the cronkies right now you're sitting there thinking like you've got you know all kinds of golden touches haven't you so um okay cool but anyway let's talk again soon thanks guys everyone cheers Good night. cheers boys nice one take care